The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening, Malcolm Blood and David Wildey. Sports Day SA, thanks to Polaris. Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris end of financial year deal is still on. Been extended to the 31st of July. Get up to $3,000 for accessories on Polaris Rangers. Australia, eight for 299 They get sent in. By Ben Stokes, is it enough? Let's welcome the great man, Malcolm Blight. Bloody, how are you? Hi, David. Yeah, um, 300 in a day virtually is, is OK, I reckon. The game's on. Game on, isn't it? Game on and weather may play a part. We're going to go to Old Trafford again, Laurie Colliver, yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. Um, we'll see what Laurie thinks. But I think Adelaide let a real big score go. Australia. So many, Australia, sorry. Yeah, most yeah. They had so many um, yeah. bats for making 20, 30, 40. Yeah, they did. And they could have batted England out of this game. They haven't. And England, I think, today will clean up the tail, go in and try and go as quickly as they can, given the weather. And I, I think it's game on. I really do. And Wood and Wokes, the two English bowlers, and throw in the 600 abroad oh, broad now. They've actually coming into the team, actually changed the dynamics of that team, haven't they? Oldest um, bowling attack, I think, in history. Yeah, that you know what? Geelong won a premiership last year with the oldest players ever to play in the. I knew you'd grandpa. say that. I knew you'd come up with that. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, of course you didn't. Half the event, I did. <laughs> but I reckon, um, yeah, as I said, game on. And I just love the cricket. Travis Head, they bowled short straight away. Copped a nasty knock yeah, to the did, yeah. head early, just under the year. Yeah. But um, all in all, I think um, it is, it's going to be a terrific game of cricket. Yeah, we'll get to that. Now, the Matildas. Yes. The women's soccer. The Island. Women. Yeah. The island and in the World Cup. I was reading today, there's 1.3 million tickets sold between Australia and New Zealand, where the venues are. That, that's an amazing amount of yeah, tickets. I heard that, but I also heard in, in New South Wales, there's nothing promo- promoting it. Nothing in the streets, no big banners, no big signs. I would have thought it'd be all everywhere in Australia, wouldn't the World Cup? And We're mate, promoting it's on SEN, but... Um, yeah. I, I wonder also, New Zealand are playing Norway at Eden Park, the famous rugby ground obviously uh, in in New Zealand so the New Zealanders have got behind it someone in Australia's got behind it with that many tickets to go and there's a game the big they have the tragedy in New Zealand too the shooting oh, today yeah. so hopefully um, yeah, that, that all settles down a bit but uh, that was in Auckland hey the um, changes the big games two massive games I want to go on a bit about your inside outside player or there shouldn't be any Got a bit of, uh, gained a bit of legs across the, the, the airwaves as it does. The clarification for a young player and also anyone coaching is that I do never believe it's a misconception to say there's inside and outside players. And we talked about last night, as I said, you're sitting a metre and a half away from me. The ball's in the middle. I go for the ball because I'm an inside and you don't. That's I rubbish. can't, yeah. That's and you mentioned, uh, I think, young Sam Flanders too from Gold Coast. He thought... Yeah. He was pigeonholed as an outside player. So, so I, I, I still do not understand where this came from. It was never in my vocabulary, or most people I know, that know football. How it's come about, but you know what the strangest things happened today? Rory Laird is one of the outs. We'll come through the teams in a minute. Rory Laird is out, and the coach of the Adelaide Crows, Matthew Nix, was talking about his placement, Matt Crouch. And you wouldn't believe what he said, David. Have a listen to this. Um, yeah, I think so. From a like-for-like like point of view, you know, both inside, both very good first-hands players. Um, Matty's shown that now all season at SNFL level, um, that you know he's ready if if and when called on, and it's probably one of those weeks this week. Wow, there it is. Now 
They haven't heard you. No, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something now. now. Matthew Nix wasn't there when Matt Crouch started. But I'll tell you something now. Someone told him growing up he's an inside player. He's never used his legs to get out of trouble. He's always used to handball and handballed a bloke standing flat-footed. And he was never creative. He put pressure on himself and teammates. That's why he hasn't been playing. So now we go back to this inside. I saw, and I've said this a couple of times, Brad Crouch and Matt Crouch played two sensational halves in a game at Adelaide Oval three or four years ago against Geelong where they actually ran and ran with the ball, used their legs. They became inside to outside in a heartbeat. Why do we put up with this rubbish? I I hate it, David. I I hate it. We spoke with Lockie Jones last night, and he is a hard, tough nut, young lad that goes hard at and we put him to him, you've got such good leg speed, get the ball from the inside, run, run outside. outside. And he agreed. He said that's exactly what the coach had been saying to him. So you can't be one or another. I don't think there's room in AFL footy for anyone so-called outside. I don't get it. Outside. I've never got it. I still don't get it. And there we are now. But but see, that's what, the vernacular of the sport or a business. Anyone in business, you know, we all know the buzzwords in the business. This has become buzzwords. But, and I told you, I spoke to an AFL-listed player about it, and it's wrong. Well, we get the buzzword sweepers, zones. That was never part of our footy. No, I, get, I mean, I get all that. But this is actually a direction. Yeah. This is a direction from the coach. And and using that Sam Flanders from the Gold Coast last night, he, he all of a sudden started getting the ball because he actually went for the ball, not waiting for someone else to get it to him. Sports Day SA, all the teams, and Malcolm's got a few changes. Believe me, Port Adelaide have made a few. Also, the Crows, thanks to Toolkit Depot, gear up for the winter at Toolkit Depot. A huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. Here we go, Port Adelaide, Saturday. Saturday, Adelaide Oval. What a game against Collingwood. Charlie Dixon back. Jason Horn Francis back. Trent McKenzie, McKenzie Rioli, back. and Francis Evans, which is which was probably one that's never been mentioned so coming back in. Where's Jonas? Mm, I'm sorry, but he's out. out. He's out again. Yeah, that's so. So, Burn Jones is out injured. Mead, Jonas, Dylan God. Williams, Dylan Williams, and Bergwijn. Williams has been playing right. Maybe not uh, yeah, last week. Lake, no, he wasn't his best game last week. So, but hey, I, I reckon they had so, 16 I, others. Bloody didn't have best. Can I just say, week. let's take Francis Evans out of it. But I'd say Dixon a tick. Mackenzie Shoney's a tick. tick. Jason Orn Francis is a tick. Rioli a tick. Yeah, good ins. But what does this say for Tom comes back for one game? He looked rusty as. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. played for senior footy for eight weeks. And, yeah. and he comes into a, probably their worst game ever, Port. Like yeah. Maybe he can carry when you're going well, but everybody got shown up, didn't they, last week? Yeah, they did. So you're the coach of Port Adelaide. You're Ken Hinkley. You know Ken well. Does that mean he is now a replacement for a Mc, someone's got to get hurt? For him to play again? I'd say so. Gee. I'd say so. Because his form... One of the problems now is he's got to go back to the Sanford, which he'll do. I mean, I, I think he's... That's know. a different pace. Yeah, it's I, a different pace of game, isn't yeah, it? Yes, it is. Of course it is. Collingwood, almost full strength. They've got no problems. My check, the terrific forward. Line forward. And Cameron, who's probably their most efficient ruckman. So they're... they're Have they got any injuries at all? Uh, yeah. I, I tell you what happened... One of the one of the trainers trod on a fly and hurt himself. Oh, so he's out for the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, he's out for okay. the week. Yeah. You're going pretty good if it's just a trainer hurt, isn't it? Um, you mentioned Crouch, so let's go to Adelaide. A lot of changes there too. Now they, this game's a bit later, so they I think they've got a squad of 26. Yeah, so we don't really know. Other than I'll tell you who's out. Rochelle, we know why. Suspended. Laird got a mystery shoulder Shot. and no, bobbed up knock. again. M- McElhaney's been. 
Michael Annie. Michael Annie. I want to say Michael Annie. That's Michael your French Annie. accent coming yeah. through. Some Italian <laughs> accent coming through. And, and Shoals out. Now, coming in, Haightley, name. Hadn't been named for a while. Crouch, as we've mentioned. Parnell, who's a beauty. Himmelberg, uh, Nankervis, Schonberg, who's probably been the best player in the Adelaide Sandville team, and Cook, whoever who you particularly like. Do I make an apology? Last night, I think of where <laughs> I said the papers have been marked, and I'm really annoyed with this for Matt Crouch. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, Jackson Haightley. They're both in the they both and they've both been playing well for weeks. This is the first time they've got a chance. Now we, we don't we, we disagree, we don't always agree on anything, but I didn't say anything when you said their papers were marked. No. Because you know why I saw over the years uh, people get delisted from clubs. Come back. Come back and turn up somewhere else, and or you run out of talent, so they would have been better than who you ended up playing. I'll rephrase the question then. Will will Crouch and Hately be with Adelaide next year in your Humble opinion. You know what happened? If they get three votes and two votes this week and they beat the Melbourne Football Club running through the midfield... Things can change. Change. And so I won't say anything about that. All those assessments are ongoing in each club. You know, every match committee, every group of people, list managers, recruiting people, they go through that ad infinitum every week nearly, David. So there's, there's, a, rolling, there's a rolling assessment and it'll be done on the Wednesday after the last game. Did you say Cook was in part yep, of that? Yep. Yeah, I hope yeah. he gets a chance. Yeah. I think if Adelaide makes six changes, we saw what happened to Port last week, I think it becomes just too tough. Playing Melbourne at the G, Melbourne need to keep winning top four. Adelaide aren't in the greatest of Nick. So it's going to be... Re- Look, if they, like you say, if they can overcome that... If they do... Be their best win for the year. It will be. And you know what? It's happened before. You know the underdog doesn't always lose? No, I do know that. And the favourite doesn't always win. I know that too. They're film statements, aren't they? We didn't talk about gambling because if we did, I'd have to say you win some, you lose some. That's true too. <laughs> <laughs> now talking, <laughs> so, talking about um, we've got uh, golf. We're both golfers and we love our golf. Pretty showman's so, underway yeah, now yeah, already. Yep. Um, Who we should tip? You I, should I like know. I like I like the back-to-back Cam Smith. I really do. do. You? I think he's short game. You know, he won a lift oh, tournament, what, two weeks ago? Putting and... So it, it, putting and chipping is, is outstanding. And he uses the mirror principle. If you've played golf and understand it, he puts off a mirror and gets the technique right with that. Um, I just haven't... Why don't we I, try that? Well, I haven't I haven't found the mirror that works. Mine's cracked. I'll, mine's <laughs> that's obviously right. cracked. Yeah, that's right. Mine doesn't I've work. I've gone for to the Europeans. Um, okay. Fitzpatrick, who won a major last year. Do you know, I backed him the year before. I can show you... Yeah. Excuse me. Win some, lose some. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. Yeah. And I think McElroy, who's been in contention the last two, oh, mate, just ever. fallen on the. It's only his putting that's cost him. I think McElroy might have a, a very good British Open as well. So I can't wait. I'll be up all night tonight. The old toothpicks in the eyes. Yeah, I think I will too. Just just a quick one. You know, we talked about uh, the wild card round. Now today or last night maybe, Chris Scott, current Premiership coach, dual Premiership coach, Premiership player. Terrific football person. He doesn't like the wild card because of the integrity of the competition. Which you said it's so un- in unbalanced. It's so unbalanced anyhow. So he doesn't so want to go, go further. further. He doesn't want to go make it any but further. But you're saying it's so unbalanced. It's, why not, not do, do it? do it. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I've been around a long time and so is so, so, uh, Chris. I just found it interesting. I, I thought, well, let's do it because it is so unbalanced. 
Well, well no, good word. Nothing against you, but I'm on Chris Scott's side there. Coming up on the show, thanks to Kia. Kia oh, Fisher. Hang on. Excuse me, is that called a drive-by? <laughs> it is. Oh, I, I just got bang, driven, bang. Gone. <laughs> Kia official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup. How good's that going to be too on mm. SEN? It's uh, it's big for the uh, the women's soccer, no doubt about that. The Cup 2023 in Lumo Energy SA. A switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Coming up shortly, Laurie Colliver, day two. From Old Trafford, Ash Brown with the latest from the AFL record and Toddy Gray's Angle Parks tips and our footy tips. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Time now for a Sandful update, thanks to Host Plus. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Yeah, bloody and world sports day. So I really struggle with a Sandful. There have been so many upsets this week. Let's go through those games, Malcolm. We certainly can. The first game up is Glenelg playing West Adelaide at uh, Stradorama. Oh, Glenelg won't lose two in a row. In fact, they could win that by plenty. Glenelg for me. Same as me. Your Rooster Boys, North Adelaide at the Prospect Oval playing the Redlegs, the Norwood Football Club. I reckon that's the match of the round. Um, Norwood won three of the last four, but Roosters, they got a they got a win to make the make the top five. North Adelaide. Same. Central District set at ex convenient oval, the old Elizabeth Ground playing the Panthers, South Adelaide. I'm gonna go for the home side here on that big ground. Uh, South Adelaide very up and down, so do the doggies, but dogs are me. I'm going South Adelaide. Okay. There you go. Next game is Port Adelaide playing Sturt. What about this in the sixties and seventies at Albert and Oval eighties? Oh. Would have been something special, wouldn't it? Yeah, Russell Ebert versus Paul Bagshaw. Oh, yeah. um, I think Sturt need to find a bit of form. Going the double blues, bloody even at Alberton. I'm going the double blues. Oh, you've looked at my sheet. No, you haven't. You've, we've got one wrong. Okay. Now, just the other one, last game. Here it is. Woodville West Torrens, the mighty Eagles at the Morn Team Oval, Woodville Oval, my home ground. Playing the Adelaide Football Club in the Sanford. Yeah, last chance for me for the Eagles. I'm going to go for them. No, I've gone Adelaide. Adelaide got a few out. Yeah, I know. Six out. So, all right. Let's go straight to the AFL tips too. Okay. Essendon playing the Western Bulldogs. Uh, oh, how hard's that? Um, Friday. What are you going? <laughs> I'm going Essendon. All right, I'll go Bulldogs. Oh, come on. You can't do that. Of course I can. Oh, you can if you like. Yeah. Uh, Richmond playing Hawthorne Saturday. Tigers. Same. Also, Carlton playing the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, Cripps out and also Chera, but I think still too good for the Eagles. Same. Carlton. Brisbane. Oh, this is one. Brisbane Lions at the Gabba playing Geelong. Well, this will see how good if Geelong are the real deal. Um, Brisbane coming up a horrible loss, one point loss when they should have won the game. Hard to tip against Brisbane at home, so I'm going to stay with the local team, Malcolm. So have I. In a 50 50 game, I yep. tend to do that. Fremantle playing Sydney Swans. In the Optus Stadium I, I, in Perth. I reckon Sydney win this. Free oh, got a few out. I said Sydney. Yeah. And the last game, yeah, what a game. Port Adelaide playing Collingwood. Uh, hard to back. I think Port can win. Almost prepared to tip a draw, but Collingwood by two so, points. And now listen, on the sheet, Sham's giving me the sheet. Did I do the Adelaide game? No. No, Sam, I didn't get the, the Adelaide game. I'm going yet. Melbourne. Okay. So am I. FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide, uh, Tan Tanya. Visit fifa.com slash tickets. We've got to try and find a winner too. Toddy Gray for Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. Is Toddy there? We've got Toddy. Hello, Todd. 
How are we, you little rat bags? You looking after yourself? We are. Yeah, bloody, you're right. You got bloody right. He's a rat bag. Hey, just very quickly, the acting position. Yep. I know there's about 10,000 starters. You got down to the last 40 or 50. Has it got lower and lower? How are you going with that one? Uh, I'll let you, you can ask Sam tomorrow because I'll put it up on social media. I get the call back. I get the email oh. sometime before midnight tonight to let me know if I've made the final round. So I'm in the second to last round now. I'll Good. know before midnight tonight wherever I'm through. Good luck, Toddy. Would that mean you'll do the Rat Bags Club if you get in? <laughs> what are that hair going Rat Bags? Yeah. I know. I was oh, going to say, we, remember that song can... Dirt Bags? Remember the song Dirt Bags? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a teenage, yeah. teenage dirt, dirt bag. bag. Yeah. yeah, we were teenagers a long time ago, all of us. Hey, listen, we are talking Greyhound Racing South Australia. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. What do you got for us tonight, Toddy? Uh, two best bets for you, lads, and it's got to be a bit of a late one because the first one's up till race nine. Race nine, number four, Miss Artemis. Um, look, I've been waiting for her to step up to the longer journey here at 595, and she finally has. Look, the favourite in this race, number eight, Molly Irish, is going to lead. But I have question marks whether or not she'll run out the last 65, 70 metres. But I have no question marks whether Miss Artemis will, number four. So I just reckon there's too big a gap between those two favourites. So race nine, number four, Miss Artemis to run down the favourite in the last 100 metres. And the other one, race 11, number six, Soda Seville. Uh, he hasn't been missed by the bookies. He's yours for theirs in the betting, a bit of two bucks. But uh, look, I think he'll, I do think he'll win this race. I think the eight leads again just for fun. And I think it gives us a beautiful car into the race to sit second. And if we can't run it down in the last 100 metres, I'll be a bit disappointed. He's a very good, versatile old campaigner, Soda Seville. So race 11, number six, and race nine, number four. Thank you, Mr. Tokyo. <laughs> Mr. Tokyo. <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that. And did I hear your dulcet tones doing a greyhound show too the other week? Uh, yes, it Toddy? did. Yes. Yes, you did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit of a popular boy at the moment. That really feels very validating. Hey, Toddy, I'll put you. Better, I'm so better feeling than validation. You got a fair way to catch bloody myself. Yeah, though. don't actually, worry about that. That, that, that doesn't <laughs> sound like a rat bag. That no, sounds like a show bag <laughs> effort. That you're in the show bag business. <laughs> No, I'm just like a diesel engine, lads. I'm only warming up, but no, I'm happy to share the stage with everyone who's got me to this point. They're always happy. Tim, go Tim. Yeah, good luck tonight. Let's hope that email is, is nice. And Thanks, Toddy. you do win some, you lose more, feel free and confident to support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. So we've got race nine, number four, as you said, two later races and race 11, number six. Six normally not an easy draw, is it? That's sort of no. a squeeze, almost a squeeze box. It is, but they do win from there. If you're good, good beginners win. Good beginners win. If I knew the dog that was lead every race, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty much wealthier. Let's put the Malcolm Blight crystal ball on. We're going to Old Trafford shortly. Yep. Where do you see day two going? Because we believe the weather's going to be okay. I don't think England will make 300 in the day when they bat. Not 300. Well, if they get, they need to get the last two wickets out yep. quickly. Yeah, I think they can. I I'll, think they can do I that. I reckon they'll get them quickly. And the British Open, I'm going home to watch them all. What do you yep. think there? Uh, I think uh, I'll be. I love the, the Open, and I'm barracking for our boy Cam Smith again. And the Matildas. Yeah, one love. One love against Ireland. Yeah, that's a safe way out, isn't it? Uh, you always take the safe way out. <laughs> We've got a big show still to come. Stick around, as I said, going to England, Old Trafford, Laurie Colliver, and Ash Brown talking all things footy. Catch Sports Day SA live Monday to Thursday from 6pm on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Time now to speak with Ash Brown. Power every moment with the Signet Power Bank. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 
1323 and 1629 SENSA. When we talk Ash Brown, we talk AFL record. And Ash, 40 years of Friday night footy. Where have those years gone? Well, it's gone quickly, hasn't it? The uh, Good talk to you, boys. The first game was a... Actually, it was a rescheduled game. There was a venue clash at the SCG this weekend, 40 years ago. The Wallabies and the Swans. And as it was the case then, it probably wouldn't be the case now. The Wallabies got priority. They got the Sunday afternoon and the Swans-Geelong game was shunted to the Friday night. Yep. And that was the start of a fantastic... Uh, what's become the most pivotal sort of part of the AFL fixture, I think, Friday night footy. and The most coveted, the most important. Yeah, and actually, it was then owned by North Melbourne. You know, they took over that slot for a number of number of years, didn't they? And became the Friday night team. It was interesting how that's all now gone to. Gee, whiz, let's get a really good game on a Friday night. Yeah, if North had been able to claim some sort of exclu- exclusivity on Friday nights, I mean, it might have made a major difference to their finances. But really, once it became a ratings and an attendance uh, uh, success. All the other clubs wanted in on it as well, and the AFL allowed that. So that's why I've been a bit to the shame of North Melbourne. But I've covered a lot of these games over the years. They've been wonderful to cover. Um, saw Wayne in the 90s. Wayne Carey made Friday Night Footy so mm, big the way yeah. he dominated those games. My favourite, One of my favourite Friday nights is going over to Perth for the last game of 1993, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. You were coaching Geelong, but oh, you had yeah. to win to make the finals. And you ended up coaching on a rub-down table. Can you just tell us how that came about? <laughs> really? Oh, that's lovely you bring that up, Ashley. Yeah, I, I, apparently I did some stuff that was a little bit different. But what actually happened, yeah. and this is the 100% truth, because it always is when I say that. Yeah. I don't know why I need to say it. But anyhow, I just did. So here we go. We got to the ground. We had a training run, you know, the training run on the ground just beforehand. And I said, oh, yep. I just want to go and see what the box is like, because it was someone told me it was a bit different. Mate, we were at the top of the stand. Is mate, this Wacker, is it? Yeah, the Wacker. Oh, well, and yeah, wacker. Terrible. And yep. it's like it's seven stories up and it's straight, you know, you look yep. straight down. Where it was was a table just in front of the punters, the fans, and it had this open leg stuff underneath it. So I could have slipped. Now, if you know me really well, my my kryptonite is heights. I just hate heights something chronic but the crowd was right there in your face and so I've gone up there with a couple of the guys the assistant coach and the trainer I said oh mate I'm not I'm not I'm not racing up and down these 48,000 stairs I hate heights this is all open and everyone's going to hear what I say I don't I don't think we need to do this so they said what are you going to do I said well well, I'll find something. So anyhow, I got a, I got a couple of trainers to bring out a rub-down table, put it in the race we ran out of, just so I could see above the ground and make all the brilliant moves, apparently. Now, I, the, the funny part about that, there's some great footage of that I've seen over the years with us just standing on the rub-down table, just, you know, trying to coach the team. Which And I got a funny feeling we started off so well uh, I, can't, I, I was going to say we won the game, and I think we did win the game to not qualify, but nearly qualify. Should have used it again. Oh, no, you only, you know, no, you only, do, it, yeah, only do those <laughs> tricks once. Hey, what about now, mate? They're all down on the ground saying, you know, it's all new and that. Ah, been there, done all that. <laughs> you, you were the pioneer as always, buddy. But it's been a wonderful phenomenon Friday night footy, and it's been great to chart it. Uh, it's sort of how it's gone from where it is to where it is now in the record this week. Yeah, well said. Bloody good story, that too. Um, Brady Grundy, Rory Lobb, trades the big men. Haven't really worked out yet, have they? Yeah, I've written a piece this week 
not so much questioning. It's it's almost like we were so barracking so hard for those trades, and Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs really couldn't resist making those trades at the time. But there was a lot of critical commentary around the trades. We tend to barrack, and I'm the journal. I'm as guilty as anyone about this. We barrack for the trades to happen without sometimes asking the hard questions at the time. Is it the right thing for this particular club? And I think Melbourne and the Bulldogs are now asking those questions that perhaps they should have asked sort of around the trade period last year as they were making the trades happen. Yeah, I, just on that, I'm, I mean, I, I can understand the Grundy one. Jackson goes to Frio as a ruckman. It seemed to work. You know, they won a flag with those two, Gorn and him. The lob one, if what the biggest need from the Western Bulldogs was a defender. Good defender, yeah. Good defender. Yeah. Great defender. Go and yeah. spend some cash not on Not another tall bloke. No, no, not another tall bloke. Hang around the forward line. They got, they got them. It was amazing. That was a really an amazing decision. Yeah, and that's what that, that's the point I tried to make in my column, that maybe not the right question. No one asked the hard questions at the time. You, you just want to get the trade done, and we'd barrack for the arm. Yeah, not many teams, Ash, these days can play the two big members. I don't think Brodie Grundy's a natural forward, or, nor is Max Gorn, really. They can pinch hit. At least Max can go there. Yeah, Max can go there and kick a goal. But uh, the days of the old two-ruckmen are pretty well gone. Yeah, yeah unless terms you're trying. Hawthorne's trying it. It's not working for them. So it's uh, it's a tricky one. It's, it's becoming harder and harder to make, make it work. Yeah. Now, the AFL record's been going forever. It's still my favourite mag. And it's still only six bucks, mate. It hadn't gone up. No cash, though. No cash. No cash here. No yet. cash. No. No cash required. Just but just six dollars. Malcolm? It's, it's, it is a great publication for six bucks. It, 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 it's entertaining and informative. Uh, we, uh, we we love it, and uh, we love your support, Malcolm. It's very much appreciated every week. It's great that you're our number one fan. <laughs> and uh, before you go, Ash, who wins, Port Adelaide or Collingwood? I've gone for Collingwood. I just think their record is uh, is great. Um, Port might be bringing a couple of guys back for the game, and they're going to be ready to, uh, for a team like Collingwood, but just goes at you 100 minutes. I'm not quite sure, but it's going to be a fabulous game. Cannot wait to sit down and watch it on Saturday night. Well said, Ash Brown. AFL record for power every moment with a Signet Power Bank. Keep your devices powered this season. Visit Signet.com. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Yeah, from Ash Brown to our harness racing chat with Greg O'Connor. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Bloody, remember the old trots? Remember oh, Gamelite winning oh. Inter Dominion, uh, Pure Steel. Hondo Grattan. Well, there's a race, a Black's a fake race. The only horse to have won four Inter Dominions, and there's a horse also going around Leap to Fame, which is apparently sensational. And we can talk now to Greg O'Connor. Greg, thanks for your time. Tell us about uh, Leap to Fame. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Uh, he's uh, the rising star, no question about that. The last two weeks at Albion Park, he's won the new race. It's only been going for three years, the rising sun. He dominated uh, that race. And then last week, he took up on the free-for-alls in the mile and came from an impossible position to hold off a late finish from Spirit of St. Louis. He's being talked about by his trainer driver, Grant Dixon, as the best horse that he or his father, Billy Dixon, who he reckons has been building for about 80 years, uh, have ever had anything to do with. So um, that's a pretty big rap, and he's been impressive. Uh, since he won the Derby here last year, he's now gone on, and, um, yeah, he's a new pin-up boy, that's for sure. Greg, I don't know what the record for mile rate is, but is it still coming down? 
Uh, we're at 149.2 wow. at Albion Park. It's uh, uh, held by a horse called Black to Dance. Um, they went about uh, 50.4 last uh, last Saturday night. Uh, it was a bit of a cooler evening, and that probably had a part to play. The mares went something similar. In fact, I think they went 50.2, and the mares went 50.4. So it just shows you how fast they are going here in Australia now. Now, leap to fame. I had a look at record today. He's won 22, Dave, and uh, five placings out of 28 starts. So, Not bad. And he's won 900,000. This is a 400,000 race. Black's a fake, obviously, as you've said, four-time Indian winner. He's also won from 1,600 to 2,800. So, as you've mentioned about yep. the mile there, so he, he can go all distances. Now, I've looked at the race. He's actually drawn a bit awkwardly in nine. Yeah, to the second row, though, I think it's absolutely perfect for him. And get this, guys. He follows out a horse called Swayze, yeah. who he won't know this, but he's a half-brother. Uh, so the mare, Lettuce Reason, she won about 17 races for the McCarthy's, and uh, she's left these two horses who are first and second favourites for this Group 1 race. So that's a, a pretty in, uh, incredible record uh, by her. She didn't win any major races, but like I say, she won 17 and she won uh, an APG, I think it was, uh, in Sydney. So uh, follows out Swayze. Swayze's been very, very good since joining the Jason Grimson barn. It's five from five for that stable. Uh, so his, his, his record uh, here uh, in Brisbane, he's only had a couple of runs and he's won both of them and, and he set the tracks alight uh, by going 150.2, which was matched by Leap to Fame when he won uh, the Rising Sun. So the half-brothers own the track record here. That would probably be a pretty unique feat as well. So uh, he's, he's going to be hard to beat. Spirit of St. Louis finished second in the Majestic Cruiser, who's trained by Jason Grimson. Uh, last year. He finished second last week, so um, it won't just be a walk in the park for Leap to Fame, but with his barrier draw, it gives Grant Dixon options. He'll be able to put him where he wants to in the run, uh, and I think it won't matter uh, if he has to sit park for the last lap. He's a superior stayer, and I think it'll just be too good again. Now, we've got to say this, you win some, you lose some, but the betting right now, I had looked at forty for Leap to Fame and Swayze's at 5-1. to one. So there's a, there's a fair yeah. bit of gap, isn't there? If it, I mean, if, if Swayze can lead, Leap to Fame's going to have to be something, oh, we know he's special, but he's going to be very special to win it. Yeah, he is, and, and the people will be coming out, and they'll certainly... Uh, the crowds increase over from night one to two, and then I expect it to be an even bigger crowd on Saturday night. And the weather here is absolutely perfect for it too. So you're right. If he has to sit outside him and he beats him, then he starts to get into, you know, the Lazarus, who's a horse I know well, who won two New Zealand Cups, and as a four-year-old, uh, won a New Zealand Cup by 10 lengths, beating two subsequent Inter-Dominion winners, one of them Tiger Tara, who was a sensational baser. Um, and, he, and he sort of it gets into that. No, I wouldn't say the Blacks are fake realm because he won this race three times. It was the Queensland Pacing Championship. He won it three times. As you've said, he won four of the Dominion, started in six finals. So, you know, like to, to have the race named after him um, was, was thoroughly deserved. But he won it three times. So I don't, I, his greatest attribute was his longevity. This horse is only in his infancy. But if he wins on Saturday night, he'll go past a million dollars mm-hmm. in less than 30 starts. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Greg, one last one. Harness racing in South Australia last perhaps decades really struggled. Yet it's still going well in in Melbourne and obviously up there in Queensland. Uh, it's a pity we can't get going, but uh, thriving uh, up north there. Well, look, it, it it just shows you that I would have thought Queensland five years ago was probably going down the same pathway. 
but the government have got behind them. They've turned this whole carnival around. They now race for over three million dollars yeah. over the four weeks that they yeah. have, yeah. and they've got people investing. They've doubled the number of horses that are bred here. Uh, about four years ago, it was two hundred and fifty. Now they're over five hundred. Uh, foals each year, so they're building momentum all the time. They've got their inter-dominion here in December. It's going to be a huge occasion because, of course, Leap to Fame will probably be here, and as the local horse, he'll have a huge following. So it can be done. You've just got to get uh, the right people getting behind it, and in this state, the government have recognised that harness racing is a part to play. Greg O'Connor, thanks for your time, mate. No problem at all. Cheers. Talking harness racing there, Blight, and uh, remember the good old days, and it has suffered here, hasn't it? Wavell, I used to go, mum and dad, the the whole family used to go, it was our Friday night, Wavell, yep. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. As Blighty said, you win some, you lose more. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, our next guest is a bit of gold too. Laurie Colliver all the way from the UK <laughs> for Tyre Power. Winter safety sale on now. 25% off equivalent four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre Power, get your free five-minute safety check. Australia, eight for 299. Reckon they let a few slip there. Most of the batsmen got to start. And uh, Ben Stokes had to win the toss blight. He put him in, I think, to keep the game at his own pace. Laurie Culver, what would you make of day one? And welcome. G'day, uh, gents. And uh, it's a pretty clear uh, morning here in Manchester. The forecast is good. I think we'll get a full day's play. I think in the end, uh, the toss, uh, looking at the pitches, I spoke to you about this time yesterday, I thought England might bat. But the more uh, closer we got to the toss, the more that it was felt that England would field first to try and put themselves in position where they can get 20 wickets as quick as possible. They've got eight. I think they would have been pretty happy with their day. The forecast for Saturday and Sunday is pretty ordinary. But, um, you know, today is going to be an interesting day. Can England knock them over quick? And can they get some runs quick and get Australia in before the end of play? That's how it sort of sets up, I think. Yeah, Loz, when when we talk about forecasts, are there always some breaks? Is it a bit like you can get the Queensland where they have a downpour, then they play a couple hours later? Or does it take a lot longer to dry over uh, there? Well, last Saturday I was down watching some club cricket and the forecast was for rain all day and it just kept missing us where I was and we actually got nearly a full day. So, look, up here it's a bit different up in the north. Um, Saturday, Sunday is like 70% rain all day, which generally means you'll get rain all day. Down south it's a bit different. But, uh, look, I think England are playing this well and obviously yesterday we had, uh, what, five blokes get to 30 and not one of them passed 51. So... I think it says a bit about the pitch yesterday. I think there was a little bit of nip in it. It's a different pitch to Leeds. hasn't got quite the same bounce. A few more LBWs, following more at the stumps. And, and I thought Chris Wokes yesterday bowled absolutely brilliantly. He uh, was a real threat to the Aussies. Yeah, when he got those two wickets in the one over, it really set up the evening session. And obviously getting carry out with the second year ball late. Um, you know, Australia finished that 7 for 299. I think they would have been perhaps just in front because they're eight down. Um, I reckon probably just slightly England's way. You mentioned LBWs. I was sitting watching it, and uh, I did watch it. Yep. I, I, I reckon they were straight ones. The LBWs, I, I didn't see... Uh, I know we get the the hindsight of replays and all that sort of... I reckon mm. they just missed some straight ones. It lost. Um, well, I think Kawaja, you know, we get used to him playing largely off the back foot. Yeah. And he's had such a good series, and he's going to miss one eventually. I thought um, the Smith one, it was great. A uh, bit of bowling from Woody went wide on the crease. 
not much margin for error. The extra pace of Wood, as we've spoken before, has worried the Australians. And then Labuschagne just had a bit of a brain fart. I think that was the one that was the real disappointing dismissal out of the top four or five was the one that, um, in terms of the LBs at least, you know, he just got to 50 for the first time in the series. Might have just took his mental concentration away a little bit and then just tried to hit that one a little bit too square, missed it, and was LBW. And I suppose the other disappointment was those wickets either side of T. When Travis Head, who again batted beautifully, yeah. looked in great yeah. nick, it's got that bouncer from broad. It was a little bit higher than some of the bumpers he faced earlier in the day and a, and a good catch by Joe Root just in front of where we were sitting. 600 wickets for Broad and, and Hetty again, you know, an opportunity missed to get 100, a bit like Lords when he got stumped for 70 odd. He played really, really well, but just didn't cash in when he should have. Laurie, they're going to bowl short at Travis Head, but he, he also scores a lot off the short ball, both on the offside and the leg side. And, uh, I mean, they got him out, but he made a few runs. Uh, do you think they'll keep that uh, that tactic, if you like? I'm a bit surprised. They went straight to the deep field, three on the leg side, almost three. You can't have three behind square leg, but almost is with that square leg just in front of the umpire. Um I thought they might go a little bit more seam up and try and pitch up, get him on the drive, but they just went straight to the sort of short stuff. And I think when it's a little bit predictable, it's easy to play. And Trav, after a couple of early little plays and misses, you know, played a couple of nice pull shots, and I thought he did very well. It was just a reckless shot to get out straight after a break. And I think, you know, if he'd have let that bouncer go through, he may well have gone on to get 100 yesterday. Because of all the batsmen, and Mitch Marsh, I guess, as well, uh, they looked the best two out there, I thought. Yeah, I, you know, we talked. I know we talked about uh, last night. That, you know, is it going to be a short break? I didn't think it was like that at all. I thought it was only the occasional bouncer, and I thought they tried to keep the ball up. Hence, the LBWs. Did you, do you think that watching the game? I, I think the difference between what we saw at Leeds and what we saw here was they did want to pitch the ball more up England, and that's Chris Wokes' go. Um, he slides on. As you know, James Anderson yesterday, he, he looked like he was sort of struggling a bit. He, he's still getting the ball to move around a little bit, but he just doesn't have that same ping. And at nearly 41 years of age, uh, I reckon this could be his last test match. Whereas Wokes, he's got 10 wickets at 19 in this series. He's going very, very well. And he's also making handy runs. So he's a, he's a real competitor. And a lot of the people here are saying that he should have played in the second test of Lords. Cameron Green, Loz, we, he burst onto the scene. He, they give him a go. Obviously, he's an all-rounder. He's a good fielder, mm. can bowl. Batting yep. just his batting's just dropped off a little bit, hasn't it? He, he gets starts. He, he's not oh, overly mate. quick. What do you make of it? Oh, mate, yesterday he had a shocking start to his innings. I mean, he just played and missed and, and farted around and inside edges, and then he just didn't look in at all, and it was no surprise. You know, when uh, when Wokes came on and, and knocked him over, I know it was only just hitting the top of the stumps, but he, he looked very iffy, whereas Mitch Marsh, I mean... If you're going to pick, if you have to pick out of those two for the oval test, and it's a long way off in this series, obviously with the amount of exciting cricket we're seeing, uh, Mitch Master certainly departed the oval. I thought he batted beautifully yesterday. Got a pretty good ball to knock him over, which was brilliantly caught by uh, Bester, who you know is at best a backstop as far as keeping <laughs> speed up. But I, I thought Mitch, I thought yeah, that's right. I thought Mitch played really well, and uh, he's in a real confident frame of mind. And, I think he'll have a, a bit of a role to play with the ball today, particularly if it swings, because he knocked over Crawley both times in the last test. And, you know, the big Bison, he played well yesterday. It would have been nice to see him back for another hour or so. Australia could have been in a slightly better position. Loz, I've got a theory. Anyone that's around six foot eight, six seven, six eight, like Cam Green, you can get in that difficult zone with a short ball. Um, uh, Tom Moody was a wonderful batsman against OK yeah. bowling. As soon as he got the, the short stuff... 
it's awkward. It's an awkward hype for a, a big guy. And that's why you look at all the stars of cricket over the years, uh, all the, you know, five yep. foot eight to, to six foot one sort yep. of. So do you agree with that? There's not many real big guys, are there, that, that make it as pure batsmen? That's true. Look at AB, Sonny Gavaska, uh, Lara. There's, there's a lot. Uh, Ricky Ponning's a bit of a short. short Matthew short Hayden. Story, yeah. well, he's one of the few. Yeah, Hayden's Hayden. 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. But he's, six, he's yeah, only 6'8". No, there's, there's always yeah. a few. Yeah. Well, look, there's always a few. But I think, um, just back on Greeny, he's having trouble with starting his innings. Like He's having trouble with good length balls. And it is a worry. And a lot of people are suggesting he bats high on the order. I don't think his technique's sound enough at the moment. He's got a bit to work on. And look, if he can play a role with the ball today and pull up a, a blinding catch in the slips or gully, all well and good. But his batting is pretty scratchy at the moment. And I guess it's lucky that the Australians have picked that sort of extra all-rounder because Stark at nine I thought he batted really well last night and, and Pat Cummins hopefully won't get rattled by uh, Mark Wood who I would open the bowling with this morning um, at him to try and knock him over and get this innings out of the way from an England point of view. Now, I, Mo and Ali came on early, the spinner for the, the England. Yeah. I, I, I thought he actually turned a few, which was a bit surprising. Yep. Not 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 quick and yeah, hard. First David turned yeah, off yeah, the yeah, bat a bit. Did, oh, yeah, did too. But do you know what I mean? I actually, for a first day pitch, and we know what that's supposed to be like, I thought he actually bowled okay, and a few did turn. Yeah, no, he bowled all right, and obviously got the Kiwi Kalava, Shane, although it was interesting. I've just been at a breakfast this morning with Michael Vaughan and Phil Tufnell, and uh, Tuff has got 12... Hundred first class wickets was actually just saying that he bowled more full tosses yesterday, Mo and Alley, than I did in my whole career. So that was quite amusing from the old stuff. But uh, look, he's doing a job. I don't know how he's going to go at number three. I think, you know, if England lose an early wicket um, and he has to come in at one for ten or something, uh, it could be a bit of a shocking start for him. And that's what the Aussies would be hoping for, I'd imagine. Now, you're a food and beer connoisseur <laughs> and you've always wanted me to get me... One day I'm going to come across mm-hmm. to England with you and show me the ropes. Yep. Oz. Tell us about the, yeah. the food, the beer, the, the cost of food at Old Trafford. Um, is, it, mm. is it equivalent to what we get here? Is it worse? Is it better? Well, as you know, a lot of sporting venues, you do pay through the nose. And I was hanging out for an ice cream yesterday, actually, because <laughs> the sun had come out. I'd had a bit of lunch. And I went. I got someone to go down and get me one. How much do you reckon a Mr. Whippy uh, single what? chain with a flake was? Oh, th- uh, a pound? One and a half pound? Or Six euro, pound. two euros? Six pound. Six what? pound. M- yep. How many so euros that's, that's is that? About $11 for single yeah, chain. Yeah, it's a little oh, pound. Euros it is. Yeah. Wow, twelve dollars, mate. Yeah. Was there yeah, was yeah. there bit nuggets of gold in there? <laughs> I, ate, I, I ate it slowly, boys. Like to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> hey, just you know when you look at a day's play and you say, let's say it's three hundred, the one short of that, three hundred yep. in the day, I reckon is okay mm. cricket. You know, it's yeah. not a bad score. And you know what, three hundred as a first innings, let's say they get another twenty, three twenties, not yep. disaster. No. Yeah, you know that they've got to bat really, really well to go hundred and fifty past you, don't they? Well, I think the point is, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I reckon if England made 250 and got Australia in tonight for 20 overs, that could set the game up. We saw that short session at Leeds on the third day where Australia lost six wickets. I reckon this is how the game could pan out. I don't know if England are going to try and score quickly and bat properly. I agree with you about the 300 in a day, and it reminds me of the Ashes series where Brad Haddon did very well and Mitchell Johnson in 13-14, where Australia made 294 in the first innings or something. And then Johnson ran through them. So this is how the game's set up. You don't judge a pitch probably until both teams bat on it. And I guess uh, that's the way this match is yeah. set up. And England are playing it like it's going to be a three-and-a-half-day game. And 
it could well be very similar to Leeds in that respect. Now, Loz, in 30 seconds, Stuart Broad, 600 wickets, an amazing effort. Love the way he goes about his business. He's yep. 37 or, or near on it. Um, yep. Give us a just snapshot of Stuart Broad. Uh, he's the heart of the team. I think that's the simplest way to describe him. He gets the crowd involved, involved brilliantly. And, boys, you didn't even ask me about David Warner. And I must say, I thought he batted all right. Um, I, I think you'll probably play the last test. Yeah, I'll, I agree. I love you, Loz. You answer and ask the questions yourself. Well, <laughs> mate, have a great day. Yeah. yeah. Have another ice All cream. The best, yeah, have another ice cream. Happy well, viewing and enjoy the yeah. golf as well. Enjoy yeah. the golf too. SEN will send some money over for an ice cream for you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Laurie Culver there. Um, that's well, big week in sport. I'm going home watching the cricket. I'm watching the the soccer. And yeah. I'm going to watch the British Open. Oh, what about that? And quickly, you're going for Port Adelaide or Collingwood again? I'm going Collingwood. Collingwood for me and Adelaide, Melbourne. I'm going Melbourne, mate. You have a great night. Have a great weekend. It's been a big week to a big week of sport. Best thing about it, we're back on Monday between six and seven. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SA. Bye for now. Bye, David.